Luke chapter 1, I'm going to give you a Christmas passage on Mother's Day, all right? Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, You will conceive, talking to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. I remember when I found out I was going to have a son. That was a good day in our house. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, not only was JB pregnant, but when we found out it was a boy, love girls as well. It's Mother's Day. We're celebrating you. But when I got my boy, oh, man. And then she gave me two boys. It's like, you know, what else, what else do I need? Maybe, maybe a daughter. <laughs> Pray, saints. He will be great, and we've called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. You ever wondered when God gives you an assignment, a purpose, how is this going to happen? She says, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. That should encourage somebody right there. No word from God will ever fail. For those of you that this is a sad Mother's Day because you want to be a mom and you're not, let me just declare over you the word of God of Luke chapter 1 verse 37. No word of God will ever fail. I believe that. I believe that. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then... The angel left her. Mother's Day. I want to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Not many of moms out there can uh, probably relate with Mary because you didn't give birth to the Messiah. In fact, you might think that your kid is like the opposite of whatever, whatever Jesus was. Uh, but I, I want you to know a couple things about Mary. Mary was normal. There's some religions and some veins of thought that, that, that deitize Mary, but Mary was normal. The supernatural thing that happened in Mary was supernatural in that she conceived without ever knowing a man. So it was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but Mary was natural. She was a natural mom, a natural woman. She grew up a natural way, had a natural life. In fact, she had six other kids besides Jesus. I don't know if you know that. Theologians believe that Mary, that Joseph actually, Mary's husband, died at an early age and that she raised those kids on her own. In fact, there are some beliefs that believe that Jesus started his earthly ministry at 30, that old, because he waited or cared for his mother until he was actually old enough for her to take care of herself or other siblings to take care of her, and then he started his ministry. Mary was natural. You know, I think about Mother's Day, and if you've been a part of our church very long, our community is, is Mother's Day is a day we honor and celebrate moms, but the message is to everyone. And we'll highlight and talk contextually about mothering and motherhood, but I want you to know, if you're watching this, this message, it is for you, that God's going to speak right to you. I know for some, Mother's Day can be sad. We already mentioned moms that want to be moms, or ladies that want to be moms and haven't been able to. It's, it's sad for some because they have regrets about the, the parenting that they did do. Some moms that are watching have broken hearts because they're no longer a mom, that they've lost children. 
So as much as there's celebration and happiness, there's also a lot of grief. And I want to speak to you moms because I believe God wants to awaken something on the inside of you just like was awakened in Mary. Purpose was awakened in Mary. That's what it was. It was, it was purpose that came alive on the inside of her. I, I, I was, uh, this week I was looking for a place to take my trailer. And uh, I have a, a little side-by-side and pull it on the trailer. And, and uh, one, of the, one of the tires, it was wearing out like really quickly. And uh, on the edge of it, I mean, it, just, it was just worn out. And uh, I don't know that much about mecha- mechanics. Can't even say it. <laughs> mechanics and, and you know like I know how to put the trailer on hook it up I don't know how to fix it and uh, so I, I took, went to this trailer shop found it it's open and uh, this beautiful lady walks out of the trailer shop she walks over and I gotta be I gotta be totally honest I did not I did not think she was like the owner or the mechanic or I thought maybe she just kind of like took the appointments and so she said hey how you doing I said hey I'm good and she said what's the problem and I'm like well I, I'd rather just like wait and tell the mechanic Mechanics, I don't got to like say it twice. And she looked at me like, uh, I don't know what planet you just got off, son. And uh, I'm like, well, actually, let me tell you the problem. Problem, you know, there's a little bit of wearing on the outside. And in this super ninja move, no joke, super ninja move, she flops down on the ground and slides under the trailer. And I'm like, this, this woman's impressive right here. She's like, oh, yep, that's what it is. You got too much weight on the axle. I'm like, I don't even have anything on the tr- How do you even know that? She comes out. She starts writing it up. And she's like, the bid's going to be this and that. And the axle, do you want this type of axle? Heavy duty, light duty? I'm like, whatever? Whatever fixes it. I'm like so impressed by this woman. And, and, and so she starts saying, she says, the reason that it wears on the outside is that the trailer was designed to carry less weight. The, the trailer can hold it, but the axle cannot. So when you put something too heavy on the trailer, it actually makes the wearing on the outside because the axle bends. So, oh man, that's impressive. You're impressive. This is, I'm learning about trailers right now. And she said, what you really need to do is you need to come in here, you need to tell us what you're carrying. And if you tell us what you're carrying, we will design for you a trailer that will hold that weight perfectly. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And that's what I want to talk about for a couple minutes. Is I, was, I was made for this. I was made for this. You know what's interesting about a trailer? A trailer doesn't drive. It doesn't drive itself. It's pulled. A a, a trailer doesn't decide where it's going. It just links up to something that does. And what we see in Mary is probably the perfect example of submission. The perfect example of surrender. The perfect example of a laid down life. And really, honestly, isn't this what a mom is? A mom links on to the purpose of God and carries something. Carries children. Carries purpose, carries assignment. But I want you to know this, specifically moms, is that what you're carrying 
does not fit you wrongly and is not too heavy for you. In fact, I was praying for you this week and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and told me to tell you that you were actually designed to carry what you carry. That you were made to carry what you carry. That what God's put on you and what God's put in you was designed by Him perfectly. This lady at the trailer shop, she says, you just, just design what you want because you're trying to take a trailer that's heavy duty with an axle that's light duty with a machine that she says, you got to have something made for you. This is how God works is when he talks to us, when he creates us, when he plans for our life, he makes us able to carry the assignment and the purpose that he has for us. And this is what we find in Luke chapter 1. We find with Mary is that we find that she's ordinary. She's not perfect. But she was made to carry. She was made to carry the Messiah of the world. She was, she was made to carry. She was not perfect, but she was available. Can I just say this to all of us? That God doesn't choose us based on our ability, but on each person's availability it's a play on words but it's true to us that we always check our ability to see if God can use us but God's not looking for someone's gifts or talents or their perfect track record he's looking for availability it's what he found in Mary he found a surrendered heart and a yes it was a yes that she had in her heart and her spirit that said God whatever you have for me I'm ready scholars believe that Mary might have been between 13 and 15 years old. I just think about this because, like, whenever I tell the story, we talk about it, you know, it's crazy because the angel comes to her and she's engaged to be married and she finds out, you know, she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. It's a fun discussion to have with your, with, with the, with your fiance, you know, about like nothing happened, but something happened and I'm ca- carrying something and then, you know, the parents and then it's all. But think about this. She's, she's, let's just say she's 13. She's 13. And an angel of the Lord comes to her and says, you are going to carry and give birth to the Son of God? I mean, it's one thing when you think of some, like, like deified Mary. Like superhuman, superpowers. Like God brought her into the earth just to have this baby. No, she's just a regular mom. A regular mom with a supernatural assignment. A regular woman with supernatural purpose. That's what God says. He says, you're going to carry something. And at 13, she's like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, she's okay. There's no argument. There's no back and forth. There's no two years of praying about it. There's no fleece before God to see if it's really him. There's no confirmation from 13 mentors. All it is is a a yes. I just wonder if we over-spiritualize the assignment of God sometimes. That, 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 that we make it, we, we try to justify ourselves, we try to get a lot of people to weigh in to try to maybe excuse us from what we're called to carry. But Mary said yes. In fact, think about this. Mary, maybe 13 years old, planning a wedding, which is a scary thought to even think about. She's getting ready to marry Joseph, and, and, and the angel interrupts her. Think about this. What was Mary's life about to look like? What was her dreams? What was in her heart to do? 
She's probably thinking about this wedding. She's thinking about the family she's going to have. She's thinking, and all of a sudden, she gets turned upside down by a visitation from an angel from heaven saying, now you're going to carry the Son of God. Honestly, I know it's not to this degree, but this is how God meets us a lot of times. We're going about our own way. We're doing our own thing. We got our business, our plan, our strategy, our fantasy, whatever it is. And God interrupts us and says, I want you to carry something. Every believer is called to carry something. Carry something. You're built to carry. You were made for something. You're not made to exist, made to show up, made to just be here. You were made to carry something. You weren't made to drive it for your own good, for your own purpose, wherever you want to go. You were made to link to the purpose of God and allow him to direct you and lead you and guide you into his perfect will into his perfect will. You know, we have a responsibility as parents. We have a responsibility as men and women of God to carry well what God has given us. I don't know where we got caught up in our culture that our culture is all about us. I don't know where we lost the kingdom of God in the midst of crazy Americanized Christianity I don't know where we lost surrender and where we lost laying down of our lives. This is not about my kingdom. This is not about what I can build. This is not about pulling a trailer of all of my own desires and people following me. I am a trailer. I am a stage. I am linked to purpose. I'm linked to the assignment. I'm linked to anointing. I'm not it. You're not it. It's not your, my business and my family and we will and I just want to be happy and I just want there to be no problems and I don't want to have there to be any struggles. Stop. Jesus even said, you're going to have some trouble. Jesus said it in red, in the New Testament, New Covenant. It's about to be tough. He even said in the last days, there are going to be wars, rumors of wars, viruses. Doesn't actually say it, but you know, I mean, just pretty much. It's out there. It's going to be trouble. When did we drink the Kool-Aid of pleasure, thinking that if I serve God, then it's just going to be peace, goosebumps, and everything that I ever want? No. There's going to be trouble because we're on assignment. We're on assignment. This is why I'm speaking to every mom. You're on assignment. You're, on a, you're carrying something for the kingdom of God. It's not for you. It's not for your purpose. It's not for your fulfillment. It's for the kingdom of God. And what a pleasure, mom. Can I just speak to you for a second? What a pleasure and what an honor to bring a child into this world. A child that will bring glory to God. A child that will advance his kingdom. Who knows what God will do through your kids? Who knows? Who know, I, I don't know if my mom knew that I was going to be a preacher. I don't know if my mom knew. Maybe she did. She probably did. She's, probably, she's like a prophet. I don't know if she knew I was going to serve. I don't know if she knew my siblings were going to serve God. But I do know what she did. I know what she did was she took responsibility to carry well and to steward well the assignment that God gave her. Proverbs chapter 22, it says this. It says, train up a child. In the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, we have a responsibility. We have all kinds of craziness in our culture. Our news cycles are full of negativity. There is injustice. There is racism. There is prejudices that are running rampant in our country. And people say this and do this and post that. You know what we need? 
We need a revival of the family. We need a revival of moms. We need a revival of dads that take it upon themselves to discipline and to train and to raise up the next generation so that what has been happening for generations stops. It can stop with us. There is hope that we can change the world. There is hope that we can make a difference. And it's going to happen through our legacy. It's going to happen through our children. It's going to happen through what God's given us to carry. We were actually, we were made for it. We were, we were made for it. Some of you have seen some of the things I've posted on social media. Even some of the things that we've walk through as, as a church body, and even Pastor Keon and I have been discussing racism and injustice in our country, in our nation, and I've had pastors contact me and talk to me about what do we do and how do we change it. I've had people in the church reach out, say this is what's right, and someone else says this is what's right. Can I tell you, I don't know what to do, except I know this, that we have to be a part of the solution. Yeah. That somewhere in history, Someone has to have the boldness and the courage to draw a line in the sand. Whether there's haters, whether there's negativity, whether there's people that don't like it or don't see it, it doesn't matter. At some point in history, you have to draw a line in the sand and decide which side of history you're going to be on. And we've decided as a church, and we've decided as a staff, and we've decided as a community that we are going to have our hearts broken for the things that break God's heart. We're going to take responsibility, train up our kids in the way that they should go. You know, you know, life's different now than it used to be. It's different. I mean, even like our parenting is different. I mean, back in the day, let me just tell you, I, I had a grandma. She's, she's in heaven now. I had a grandma. Y'all remember grandmas? Like, like I mean, like, not like, um, I mean, like the real grandmas. You know what I'm talking? Like, you act up, they take off your shoe, and they beat you with it. Right? Like, we teach timeout now. She believed in knockout. Like, it's just like, say what? You could come one more time. For real, my, my, my grandma physically hit me. Not to harm me, to teach me. She actually had a weapon. She called the black snake. It's no joke. It's no joke. It was a black spatula. Like in the kitchen. And if we started talking back, started doing something weird, she would open up that drawer. And she, no, this is real. This is real life. This is not my parents, okay? So nobody send any emails. Whatever. This is my grandma. She's in heaven. <laughs> she take that spatula and she come out of the kitchen with that thing. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you need to put that down. And we don't even know anymore. Now, this is what we do in parenting now. We just kind of like wait and see if they turn out. And if they don't, we're mad that they didn't. You know what the older generations did? They took responsibility. They said they will know. They will mind. They will honor. They will not talk back. They will, they, they, they will submit to authorities. They will, I mean, for real, they took it on them. It was, it was generational. You would see everybody in family units lean in to the conversation. Some of you know this. Some of you got families that still have this. That, that, that if you go back in your lineage, you'll find grandmothers and grandfathers that are saying, uh-uh, not in this house. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. They're just rebellious. I don't know. Maybe, and I'm not trying to put any blame or any shame on anyone, but maybe it's time to start creating cultures and atmospheres and environments in our home again. I'm not saying to throw out black spatulas. I am saying that we have to draw a line in the sand and say this is God's house. And as for me and my house, 
We will serve the Lord. We will honor others above ourselves. We will not drive our lives for our own purpose and our own goodness, but we're linked to the purpose of God. We're trailers, not drivers. We're connected to purpose. We're following. This is what Mary did. This is what Mary did. There's two things that go hand in hand that Mary did that I think is so powerful. The first thing is, is that she postured herself. You can see it in the text we read in verse 38. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Honestly, guys, there's more hidden there than we even realize. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. What she's saying is not like, hey, God, here's my top 10 prayer requests that I need answered by 2021. In fact, I think everybody gave up on that because 2020 has (laughs) been a little tricky. It's like, you know, it's just get us through, God. Like, just get us through. I remember in 2019, remember we were talking about, man, 2020, it's the year, man. 2020, like, God's going to show up. And we're like, ah, take us back to 2019. I don't think that it's an accident. I don't, I don't think it's an accident that even some of the things that we're going through in our nation, I don't think God caused any of them. But I do think God will begin to use them. And I think that what God's looking for from us is a response like that of Mary. That not, God, I want it to end by this time, and I want it to avoid me here, and I don't want anyone to be affected here. I think he's looking for Mary's response that says, I am the Lord's servant. Let me tell you why posture is important. Posture is the attitude in which you're receiving something. Posture is is, an approach. It's how you're positioned. Now, if, if you're trying to go a cross-country road trip and you get directions to Hollywood, California, maybe someone's watched from Hollywood. If you're on your way to Hollywood, California, the only thing, I mean, really the most important thing about your destination is knowing your starting point. If you have not positioned yourself properly, directions will be of no use to you. Because if we don't know where you're starting from, we don't know how to tell you how to get there. So most of us, this is how we parent, and this is how we live. We're going there. We're going to be good kids. Where are you starting from? Well, I'm their dad. Good one. We'll talk to you on Father's Day. I'm their mom. Well, that's good. How you you position yourself before the Lord. She says, I am the Lord's servant servant that's what jesus said right if you want to be great in the kingdom of god learn how to be the servant of all this is mary's posture this is her starting point and she can get to her destination because she starts in the right place and the place that she starts in is a place of submission a place of surrender a place of lord here i am i am your servant Our commitment to God is tested in our response to what he asks of us. Listen to this. Our commitment to God is tested in our response to what he asks of us. How do you respond when God asks you to do something? Uh, I'm going to pray about it. Sometimes we know what to do. You don't even need to read. You don't even need to ask God. Sometimes it's just right. And you know it's right. We don't need to ask, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. You ask me to move, I'm your servant. You ask me to, for them to go to private school, I'm your servant. You're asking me to get them into internship, I'm your servant. Lord, you ask me to go on the mission field, I'm your servant. You ask me to sell the business, 
I'm your servant. You ask me to start a business, I'm your servant. Whatever you're asking, this is the posture. If you get the posture right, then get this. If you get the posture right, you'll get the purpose right. Number two is this. It's purposed. She was purposed. Mary was, you know, you know how I know she was purposed? Because she was 13 years old. She said, yeah, God. Whatever you're asking of me, I am your, I'm your servant. And then she's purposed. And she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. My posture is servanthood. My purpose is his word. So what's his word? What's his word? What's he speaking to you? What has he spoken to you? What are the things that he said? What are the things that he's declared? What are the things you wrote down? When you were a young mom, what are the things you dreamed about? When you, before you were a mom, when you dreamed about your future family, what were the things you wrote down? What were the things you... Don't let go of the word. If you get your posture right, you'll get your purpose right. Wrong posture will result in wrong purpose. If I start wrong, it's about me, it's about my job, my assignment. No, 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 stop, stop, stop. The trailer can't drive itself. The trailer has to be linked to the purpose and the providence of God. Galatians chapter 6, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we, we will, not maybe, not possibly, we will reap a harvest it says a big if right there. If we do not give up. If I could say something to everyone that's watching, don't grow weary in doing good. If you don't give up, you will see a harvest. But we're looking in our nation. We're looking in our community, in our culture. We're looking for people that are not just, not just radical, that are not just passionate. We need people that are postured and purposed. It was wild for Mary. She was postured. She was purposed. And think about Jesus. Think about when he went to the cross. Think about what you would say. He positioned himself. And he was purposed. In fact, there's many scriptures that point to the passion or the dedication or the purpose of Jesus. What was in Mary was reproduced in Jesus. Jesus was fully man and fully God. He was humanity that was wrapped in divinity. But I really believe that the humanity of him, he received from his mom. A mom that was postured and a mom that was purposed. You know what's, what's interesting about the story of, of Mary? Is when God speaks to Mary, Mary's she's probably right like 13 years old. And she's like, okay, let it be to me, even as you have said. And then she goes to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's pregnant. And, and uh, the, Elizabeth's pregnant with John the Baptist. John the Baptist gets filled with the Holy Spirit in her womb. This is another story for another time. It's incredible. And, 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 and then Mary begins to sing. And literally, in Luke chapter 1, there's a part of your Bible that is Mary's song. Now, I want you to hear this. As she begins to sing, I believe it's a clue to what Mary was full of that enabled her to be postured and to be purposed. It's in Luke chapter 1, 46 through 56. She begins to sing this song of praise. So we've already seen what Mary is full of. Mary is full of willingness. 
She's full of a willingness. God, whatever you, I am your servant. She, there's a willingness. You know, a trailer that's pulled behind a truck, the trailer doesn't pull on the truck. It moves with the truck. It can, it can be heavy, it can be weight, but it doesn't pull up as opposed to it. It moves with, she was willing. It was a willing spirit that says, God, I'm going to be in sync with you. I'm going to work with you. And then she was full of worship. This is, as soon as God speaks to her, do not be afraid. You're going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And she begins to worship. It's Mary's song. She begins to sing. But I want you to see what she sang. As she began to sing this song, you can look it up on your own time, almost 10 verses of singing. Mary, let's just say, 13 years old. She begins to sing this song, and she references Psalm 34. In 10 verses, she, represents, she references Isaiah 45, 1 Samuel 1, Genesis 30, Psalm 126, and Psalm 111 in her song which tells me she was not just full of willingness she was not just full of worship but she was full of the word of God I'm telling you this is what takes you from posture to purpose is someone that is full full of a willing spirit that says God your will not my will full of worship that God you and you ask something of me I'm going to turn it back to you and I'm going to worship you with all my heart and I'm full of the word of God I'm full of your promises as a 13 year old girl she was full of the word of God how much studying did a 13 year old girl have to do to know the prophets to know the Psalms to not study it not write it but for it to come out of the overflow of her heart. My concern is what is the overflow for us? What comes out of us in crisis, in difficulty, in trouble, in the midst of uncertainty? Mary says yes. Mary worships, and she declares the word of God. I think that could be a lesson to us. If I want to be postured right, and I want to be purposed right, I have to be full of willingness, worship, and the Word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the message translation. It says, are you tired? Moms, can you relate? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Hook your life up to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms. You don't need an engine. Just link up to the engine. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't, look at this. I won't lay anything heavy on the trailer of your life. On the call that is on your side. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fit. Whatever's on you was made for you. Whatever you're walking through, you were made for. Whatever you're facing, you were made for. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This lady at the trailer shop told me. She said, if a trailer's made just for you, you'll be pulling it. And you won't even know it's there. She says, it rides light. Whew. God, let me be 
a man of God that rides light. Let me not be a drag on you, but let me carry whatever you've called me to carry. Let me steward the gift of my children. Let me steward the gift of my call. Let me be right, God. Let me, let me pull light. I don't want to be a weight to your kingdom. I don't want to be a hindrance to the propelling movement of the kingdom of God. I want to, I, if I could have one thing written on my gravestone, maybe God would just say, you pulled light, son. He walked with me. It was the unforced rhythms of grace. I didn't lay anything ill-fitting. I didn't lay anything too heavy on you. I made you perfectly to carry what you carry. I made you just right to, to pull and to carry what I've given you to carry. I'm telling you right now as you're watching this that God has not put something ill-fitting on you. I know it might seem heavy. I might know it might be wearing you in some of the areas of your life that you don't know what to do with, but I'm here to prophesy to you and I'm here to declare over you that what God's put on you, you were made for. You were made for. So maybe it's time to have a little less, a little less regretting and more declaring. Less procrastinating and more surrendering. Less doubting and more trusting. Less managing and more launching. Less complaining and more praying. And less driving. I want to carry what you called me 